Hey, can you start over, Nate? One more time. Okay. Like, are we stopping? Are we rec- no. are we deleting this? And oh, you just want to just start over. The, the no, we don't okay. have to start. Just keep going. But you said start over, though. <sighs> Hey everybody, welcome to Pulling Threads. Hey everybody. How is everybody? It's my official noise for the starting of Pulling Threads. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Wait, do it one more time. Whoop, whoop. Okay, (laughs) now we've officially begun. You know what I've had, you know what it's been in my head and I've been playing it on Spotify all week long? What? Um, Is Faith My Eyes, that Caveman's Call song. Golly. Yeah, after we talked about Caveman's Call, it like went down a, a... a caveman's call rabbit hole. Yeah, I I was listening to a lot of Jennifer Knapp, um, and yeah. Derek Webb. Yeah, I'm listening to our playlist. I'm listening to what <laughs> you guys listen to. You know, he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how do you how do I access the playlist? It is linked on our Instagram post. We should post that on our Facebook page too. Yeah. So we're going to be playing a conversation for you that we had, uh, what, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. with a couple, Sean and Julie. This this will be our first joint interview with, with a married couple. And I, I thought this was a really cool conversation, especially listening back to it after the fact. I think they touch on several things like parenting and they touch on relationships with family and going through all of that when you're going through some kind of... Uh, pulling threads journey mm-hmm. yeah and, and and of course their relationship with each other yeah you know yeah yeah they, they like hit on a lot of important things that i think uh, people in this space who have gone through something like this uh things they feel things they go through i think i think there'll be a lot of a lot for people to connect with in their in their story as we we go into this conversation just remember that a few weeks ago, uh, we weren't as savvy, I think, with the audio as we are now. So please forgive our audio transgressions <laughs> that you hear in this. This was uh, one single Zoom recording, yeah. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just deal with it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be perfect. Please don't come for us. Um, yeah, please. All right, well, let's uh, let's go to the conversation we had with... Uh, are you going to do the... Maybe I just use that. Could you do it one more time so I can record it? <laughs> we do have two guests today. Cliff, do you want to do you want to introduce our guest today? Yes, definitely. Okay, so we have uh, Sean Cooley and Julie Patty, or Julie Cooley. <laughs> um, Julie Patty would be her what, is maiden name. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, Sean and I actually went to high school together. I graduated a couple years before him, but we weren't like close or anything like that. But we. We there were times through the church youth group that we did hang out with each other. Julie and I met each other uh, for the first time. I still remember it. Anyway, her sister and I went to college together and her sister was having her graduation party. And so the family came and that's the first time I met Julie. She was still in high school at the time about to graduate. They're married to each other. I guess I should say that Sean and Julie are married, uh, but they met each other at OBU. Uh. Okay, so nice to know a little bit about you there. Can you tell us a little bit, and you can go one at a time, or you can tell us kind of jointly, just a little bit about your background, either spiritually, politically, um, just anything that kind of made up or makes up the sweater that you had or have. Shall I go first? Sure. All right. (laughs) Hi, I'm Julie. 
Hey. This is me. My background, I was raised in a pretty um, Christian, conservative, evangelical, Baptist home. And my dad is a minister, music minister. And so I was raised in the church, like in the church on days when church happened and when days church didn't happen, I was there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then I did go to, um, a Baptist university. He mentioned OBU cliff, Oklahoma Baptist university. We went there. Um, I was looking to get my degree in biblical languages, um, to translate Bibles for people. But when I started along that process, I realized that a, I'm not really good at it and B, I didn't really <laughs> enjoy it. Um, and C, uh, college is definitely when my sweater began unraveling for real. Um, and my sweater was well knit. Um, <laughs> uh, Push I all did, in on this metaphor. That's I good. I did yes. not rehearse that one. It came to me <laughs> organically. Um, yeah. So it really was in college. Well, I have a question, Julie. So, okay. uh, you know, I, I know your family, obviously, and mm -hmm. I know the extent you say pretty Christian and conservative. And my question for you is more on a personal level. So um, I hear a lot about people who, who grew up in that kind of house and it's just kind of second nature. You go to church all the time and and you, you walk up the aisle and you accept Jesus. Yeah. To what extent was it more of a personal decision for you as opposed to an expectation because of the family that- Well, I was all in. I was, I mean, I was wanting to be a missionary. Uh, that is why I chose that university. That's why I chose that program was to learn to be a missionary. Um, yes, it was the- hmm, the thoughts were, and the belief was offered to me from probably conception. Um, but I, I was, uh, I was all in, I was not lukewarm. No. And if I were, yeah. I was very disappointed in myself. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I feel like I, again, I mean, I was a child, but I would like to think that I had my wits about me. So I, I, that's a little bit of Julie's background. I guess we'll, uh, and we'll go to Sean and get a little bit of his. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a military family. My dad was career Air Force. So we kind of bounced around quite a bit, a small family, um, pretty tight knit. Um, I wouldn't say it was like a devout Christian family. Um, but whenever um, around high school, um, and out to Oklahoma where, when I, where I met Cliff, um, began to be more active in the youth ministry there at the church. I was ordained at like 18 years old or whatever in the youth group at church. And I went to OBU, um, Oklahoma Baptist university where I met Julie and finished college. And I studied Bible there with kind of an emphasis in, Old Testament studies and just kind of developed new and different insight into the Bible and how I perceive it, I guess I'd say. That was whenever things began to change for me. The Bible was studied like in a more scholastic approach and not uh, necessarily like a religious um, devotional. Approach. Yeah. yeah. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm still really, really thankful for my, my uh, education at Oklahoma Baptist 
I'm not using it necessarily today, but it helped me see today you are. It changed the lens <laughs> or the focus of the world for me, you know? Yeah. There were certain professors there that were kind of more focused on um, like training ministers. And there would be like the ministry department of the the Bible school or the Bible college. Ours was more like a Bible major was more focused on like studying it as a piece of literature, I'd, I'd hmm. say. I mean, it was still a Baptist college. Right. And while we were there, 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 we were going through a time of transition. I, I don't mean we, I mean, like, I think Oklahoma Baptist and maybe mm-hmm. even Southern Baptist Convention was going through like a little transition where they were beginning to start either recommending or requiring like signed statements of mm-hmm. faith. And we got to see, or I got, I'm thankful for it because I got, I, I had professors who were like honest about their struggles with some of this stuff. And, and uh, there were things that were like, I learned there that were important to me, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, um, and it, it was just part of being able to see the world or what I thought of the world through like a little bit different light or, maybe just unraveling my belief system in a little bit, you know, and re-raveling it in a different way, you know? Okay. So from there, uh, what happens with both of you? Like Julie, what's your, did the unraveling kind of start happening in college around that time? Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, it started with, I learned about canonization was like the first thing that I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Excuse and, me? And, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like, like it makes sense like obviously this whole book wasn't like walking around doing what how I pictured it because it couldn't it just Mm -hmm. wasn't written all at one time it didn't happen all at one time it was um I was never super into history you know so like timelines are just but um so I didn't really you know question it or really I guess think a lot about it until some classes at OBU and just learning about a lot of it Uh, how it came. And that was kind of the first little like chink in my personal story of how the Bible and I worked together. But yes, there was lots of um, things that I learned that are just like, well, this is not exactly what I thought. And Sean was influential. I'll blame you. Um, (laughs) There were, um, there were, there were lots of thoughts that I had about my place in the world and my place in religion and my place in the church. Um, and Sean was happy to challenge those. And I was like, wait, shouldn't I be like challenging for myself? Um, but he kind of opened that up for me, which was very nice. It continued to unravel. I remember taking a class in, I believe it was called philosophy of religion. And the whole point of the class was you had to write three papers. And so like in the first paper, you would choose a problem or like a philosophical, religious, whatever. And you would like introduce it. And then like in the next paper, you kind of like deal with it more deeply. And then in the third paper, I think you were supposed to solve it. (laughs) I don't know. You were supposed to what? Solve it maybe. Oh, okay. I didn't get a good grade on it because I didn't choose a good problem. Uh, I chose, (laughs) I think the problem of pain, which turns out, nobody's solved, <laughs> uh, which maybe that, I mean, I also probably wrote a poor paper, but, um, I remember in that one, like really struggling with the problem of pain for the first time and being like, this doesn't make any sense with, with the, with the narrative that I was given, we were created 
and then something we, we were given like free will or something and then like we didn't choose the right choice obviously and then the end is eternal punishment like that narrative doesn't make sense to me and it's disappointing to me and that was the first time that like if I'm landing on the moral high ground I something's wrong mm. you know like if if I'm if I see a problem I'm like there was probably a better way to do it uh, then I would I'm happy to say I believe and I hope and I pray that I'm wrong and that there's a better understanding there's a better um, mm. so that was like and, and that's kind of like, it all came down to like, these are all the things that I've been taught and believed in. Like it all just had to like, just crumble into nothing. Unravel. Dust. <laughs> sure. We can say unravel. Um, Thank you. And, and it's been a, it's been a long and slow road of reweaving. Mm -hmm. So Julie, okay. can canonization was kind of the starting point but then it, was, it went kind of spiraled from there yeah, right um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sean you you alluded to this earlier but for you it was the old testament class yeah i think it's a combination of, of a few things I, I think whenever i go back and think on it and look back I, I mean i'm a straight white male i've had it like really unfairly good you know in this mm -hmm. life but i mean my experience growing up in the church was one of manipulation. That's whenever I look back on it, that's mm -hmm. the way that I, that's how I see it playing out in my head. And so for me, it was more of like the combination of like what I was learning in school, um, which wasn't scary to me. That was like, oh, this is really interesting. It wasn't like, oh, my whole worldview is falling apart. But the older that I got, the more I felt like, the support system of people that I thought were this maybe weren't. And it wasn't that they were necessarily like abusive to me, but it was just kind of a manipulative situation, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and it might've just been a perfect storm for, you know, uh, my personality or um, uh, me being at that age where you're like, not entirely sure what you want to do. Um, but it was, I was thinking about it today, actually, at work, um, like our church that Cliff and I went to, I mean, it was, they ordained teens to be ministers. <laughs> and yeah. it was a common yeah. thing. It felt like an award ceremony at the end of the school year, like you hmm. did really good in hmm. youth group this year. I don't, you know, I, I never really remember like, going to someone and saying like, I'm really committed to this is I think this is what I want to do. It was just more of like a, they're developing disciples and that is your next step in this journey, you know? And, and whenever you see yeah. it happen every year, you're like, Oh, all right, well, I'm pretty committed to this cause. I'm pretty into this right now. I guess that's my next step, you know? And then the next thing you get caught up in it and it's um, well, all right. Even going to OBU, I, th I get there and I'm like, well, I'm really enjoying the study shortly after being there, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be a minister because I'm not going to church anymore. I'm having a lot of problems with the institution of religion, but I still mm -hmm. really enjoy what I'm studying. I'm still really enjoying, um, the, uh, the story of the Jewish people. And then it's like, well, maybe, maybe I can teach that someday. Maybe I'll go to grad school. Maybe I'll become a teacher and do like other people that I've admired during my college course, you know, college mm -hmm. courses. 
and then graduate college and I kind of, um, my mom, uh, gets diagnosed with cancer, um, stage four. And so I move home to help her out in that process. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be applying for grad school. I'm going to take GRE, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she passes like three months after that. And then I, you know, at that point it just becomes like, this realization that like, man, I've been doing a lot for a lot of other people, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, and it was just at that point, it's, you know, I want to do something for myself, even if it means maybe, maybe it means slinging coffee and opening up a brewery or whatever, you know, like doing something for yourself rather than, you know, like doing what other people had been telling me to do for a long time, you know? So that was kind of, and it's still like, I still see the Bible as, um, a beautiful piece of literature that doesn't mean that's what I mean. I don't see it as like the Holy spoken inspired word of God necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I don't know necessarily to me, at least like, because I haven't been on the the hurtful side of it. I haven't necessarily, like I said, things have been unfairly good to me in this life. I haven't seen how harmful it can be to people, you know, or I haven't experienced necessarily the full extent of it. And so sometimes I think like, well, does it really matter if it's true or not? Like what's, that's like, they're trying to make, what's the moral of the story here? You know, like that kind of a thing. And if it was important to this group of people, why was it important to them? What were they trying to say? Um, And so I think about it kind of more in terms of that, but I feel very disconnected right now from the religious practice of uh, Christianity, Mm -hmm. you know? I appreciate and hear what you're saying about like looking at the Bible as a piece of literature. And I'm wondering, like, Julie, you said it was more like maybe ingrained in your identity. If people are tying in their personal identity to the words of the Bible, how does that affect them differently than someone who can look at it as a piece of like literature, you know, or how, how does that affect their deconstruction? I have a tendency to make things about me. And so (laughs) when I read the Bible, I read it in the context of me, like, what Mm -hmm. does this, which I honestly think a lot of people do, which is not just bad. Um, uh, but like, what does it mean to me? What does it speak to me? How do I apply this to my life? What is this for me? Um, and I don't know that I had gone much further past that with me and the Bible and learning about where these people were, what they were doing, um, that different books were written with like different artistic styles and Mm -hmm. like just all of it. Um, that yes, looking at the Bible as a piece of literature on the one hand made it very frightening for me. Um, but on the other hand, like just opened it up a lot more to like, this is a, this is a story of a people. Mm -hmm. This is their history. This is um, necessary for them. Like they needed it um, to get like they're a group of people from one place to another. Like it carried them there. Getting further and further away from like the crumbling and the unraveling of what it all Mm -hmm. meant to me. I come back to it and I'm more impressed. Like every Christmas when I you know, we still like talk about the Bible. We still talk about Jesus and, uh, we do like, we have kids 
we haven't said that yet, but we have children. Um, and lots of, lots of kids, lots, lots of children. Of I got some so questions about many. that too. There, there are three. Um, and that's, is that it? That's and they're plenty. adorable. It feels they're like precious. a lot more. But, so we do like at Christmas, we do, we go through a, what's it called? Somebody knows. Um, the calendar, advent calendar, mm-hmm. advent, the advent yeah, calendar. Right. Yeah. And you like talk about like Jesus. Sky is, had one. Jesus is really cool. The whole story <laughs> of Jesus and like the fulfillment of all the prophecies, like there's so much tied in there, like just from a literary standpoint, like to see right. how many things were fulfilled that were like written. It's all very interesting. And at, and the further I get, like Sean and I kind of talked, like, I think that I'm mostly past like the unraveling. And especially for me with, with raising children, like I feel myself kind of trying to reweave something, um, that if I can't do what I learned as a child, like that's not gonna, that's not enough, but to, to try and find a way forward, like that. I think that there still is truth and good and, in not just the Bible, but in a lot of things, um, Mm -hmm. that like reweaving a way for for our family, for, for me, for my children. Yeah. Yeah. I think so much of your story, probably you more than Julie, you more than Sean, just because I also grew up in a Southern Baptist minister's house. And there's just so there's a lot of uh, overlap there. And I think about that a lot. And we were, we were hanging out with another family a few years ago, a family from Oklahoma, actually. And we were in DC and we were walking, I was walking with the dad and Caroline was walking with uh, the guy's daughters and I could hear him talking behind me. And Caroline said to that other girl, well, I'm not very religious. And she was like five or six years old. And it, it hit me like how different their childhood is than mine. And what are they? And then you start to freak out as a parent. You're like, am I screwing my kids over not giving them this foundation? Because while I can't deny that whatever I believe now, I can't deny that that shaped me. And I can't, separate who I am from Mm -hmm. what I learned about the person of Jesus and my attempts to show people the love of Christ, you know, like, I think, uh, if I'm a nice guy, I think a lot of it might be because of that. Um, and so what am I doing with my kids now? I was having all those thoughts and yeah, I, I totally identify with that struggle and those questions that you ask. And it does it's kind of a whole, you're knitting new sweaters for other people. And that's a whole different yeah. thing. It's one thing when you're detangling your own, but when you're giving someone their worldview, you want them to be exposed to everything and you want everything to be an option, but really, you know, they're going to learn the most from you. And yeah, it, it creates a whole, whole struggle in your, in your head, in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, was, I get that. I was fine without it. Well, I mean, uh, it was really having children that made me even like revisit it. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I was kind of done and okay with that. Um, you know, especially on like in my inner world until having children. And it's like, you just, I couldn't, I couldn't not deal with it. Well, from somebody on the outside, looking in on your family, Nate, you mentioned, you know, the, the making of new sweaters and, and I would say even for you, Nate, I've, I've, you know, I know your family well, and seems like the sweaters that you guys are knitting for your kids have more to do with loving and acceptance and of others, but also based on what we all, the the shit that we all grew up with, loving yourselves, like not Mm -hmm. thinking that you're like just this horrible, 
creation who who has to be you know it's um and and, and just fighting against all the that indoctrination that teaches us shame and so i if if i might say i like the sweaters that you guys are making for your your kiddos mm. thanks if i dare say that <laughs> thanks cliff you're welcome <laughs> uh so i want to back up a little because i just want to hear how this played out because you're both at obu so you're dating going through this I don't know if it happened like this. Maybe I'm making too much of an assumption, but you met there at OBU with, with the understanding that you're both Christians, right? And so that's probably a huge part of your relationship. So as you're going through this and as you're having these doubts, how do you address those with each other? Through honest conversation. I mean, the same way we do now. Uh, I mean, that we fought maybe a little bit, but not. Yeah, I, I don't have remember some specific... there being like huge reckonings that we had to have or anything yeah. like that but i have but. some specific memories of like like you question I, I would kind of kind of tote the party line you know mm-hmm. kind of say some things and <laughs> what was the one thing you were like that's not in the bible and i was like sure it is and you're like no it's not in the bible uh i don't, I don't remember what it was but it wasn't <laughs> and i was like no 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 this is the thing that we say like i i remember um And so there was a lot of that, like we kind of just had, and and that was something I think that in the end drew us together um, because I did not necessarily want my name to rhyme um, when we met. (laughs) And I, I remember specifically (laughs) telling him that's ridiculous. That would be the silliest thing ever, but no, there were, I mean, I, I do, I do enjoy a good challenge and a lot of just who you, how you lived your life was challenging. Just your thoughts were challenging to me, which was in a good way. But it did kind of being able to go through that together. I mean, you can't say one way or the other, like, did my opinion shape hers? Did her opinion shape mine? You, mm-hmm. you can't, or was it ours completely separate? I mean, it was just, we went through all this together and it really kind of solidified. And they're not still exactly the same. Like we still, I think, I think fundamentally we agree on things, but nuances are very, um, you know, we, we think differently and it still is a challenge. Um, I mean, especially with raising kids, like we, we still challenge each other and kind of, um, go back and forth on things. And I mean, I would like to think fingers crossed that there's like a nice balance and it all shakes out all right in the end, but, um, we definitely don't agree on everything. So get, give us an example of something. Like I would take my kids to church just to take my kids to church. And I have, I think that there's, oh, I, th- I do still think that there are positive things happening. Maybe there's value there. There is value. There can be value. And I would maybe do that, but this is where you jump in and say <laughs> your ideas. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a relationship, right? It's a marriage. We work together on this. If it was just me, I probably wouldn't, but you know, we, we, uh, so they go sometimes. They go sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I, Ooh. I'm not, I'm not, and I, I try really hard, uh, in conversations like this to be, to stay somewhat neutral because I, I'm not anti-faith and I don't ever want to come across as anti-faith because I think it does have a place. And so, you know, I support anyone's decision to do whatever. And I think Lin- Lindsay and I, my wife and I, we, we went through this later than you guys did. So you were in college. We got through college. I got through seminary. And then this happens when we're living in another country being missionaries. 
luckily we both kind of went through it, but we're, it's the same thing for us where we're kind of in, we're not 100% in sync with every single belief, you know? Uh, and Lindsay's more with like, she's more on team Julie there. Like she would, she would let the kids go to church. I think they're both to the point where they're older than your kids. So they, they don't want to, but, um, she'd be more open to it. She misses, you know, like the hymns, things like that. She misses aspects of it. I I would imagine I obviously don't have kids, uh, but there would be, I would think that there would be pressure that you want, if you're not giving your, your, your kids, the message of the gospel that you were, you know, grew up with or the or the truth that you were taught as truth you at least want to give them the value of tradition Mm -hmm. and the value of connection and emotion and um other words that i can't really think of right now so this makes me think like um what's our end goal what do we want children who like are just i know this is it and i know that's not it so we're done or do we want children who assess the situation and think about things like my parents are still very, my dad is still a minister. Um, my children are with them right now. Like they, um, they do go to VBS with them once a year in the summer. Like they've been with them every Wednesday night, almost this summer. Like they go to church with my parents, but they also come home to me and and we, we talk about things. If I were just like, no, like we don't, do that. This is not what our family does that it's almost like the pendulum. Like we're going to swing it Mm -hmm. the other way, but no, this is what, this is what Mimi and Poppy believe. This is um, what they've taught me. And this is, this is why they believe it. And like, I have, we have an eight-year-old and I've had some conversations with her, like just tipping on, she's like, she talked about like the Bible and science. And I was like, I know, right. It's really interesting that the Bible says creation happened this way. And science kind of says it this way. Um, let's talk about that. And, you know, like she in her eight-year-old mind came to a conclusion and I was like, that's great. Um, but just know, like your mind's going to keep growing and we're going to keep thinking thoughts. And these are wonderful questions. Like you're on the right, you're going to be asking, I still ask these questions and I hope to continue asking them for the rest of my life. You know? So like, there's, there's even that, like, if I were just to shut that down and be like, no, my children will not be raised this way. Like that sends a message. Right. It's kind of like, you don't want to shelter your kids in the way that we, but in the, in a different way, yeah. like we didn't want to, we don't want to shelter our kids from not being exposed to the secular world because we know that they're going to be confronted mm-hmm. with the secular world, right. Uh, outside of our homes and whatnot. And, and I think the same holds true for the other way, especially if you're living in Texas, America, your kids are going to be exposed to the Bible and to Christianity and, mm-hmm. and, and why not, um, give them the tools and the information from both perspectives so that they can make good and healthy decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. So, and maintain healthy relationships with their family. Like, I think that that's very important. Uh, Do y'all feel like you can be open with your family members about your journey? 85%, 90%, 85, 85%. Pretty open. It's gotten better actually. Yeah. Uh, especially with her parents, uh, her family, we do, um, prior to COVID, it kind of slowed down a little bit, but we were doing monthly get togethers Mm -hmm. and we would have family meters is what we call them, but they were like dinner, dinner and meetings, meter, 
Yeah. And uh, there's like an agenda and everyone goes through it. And part of it is talking about any kind of spiritual thoughts that you're having. And that those don't necessarily need to be religious thoughts. They can be whatever you could be. Mm-hmm. I looked at the full moon and I felt this way or, mm-hmm. you know, I saw these cool crystals and whatever. You're saying you know. all my things. I know. I know. And so she said, <laughs> so you said those things though. I have. Yeah, no. And, and, but I, I do, I mean, even now, like saying these things, there is a part of my mind that's like, when did my parents listen to this? Um, and on, you know, at the end of the day, that's fine. They can, they can know my thoughts and that's all right. I feel, I don't feel like anything would at this point separate us. I mean, maybe something would, but nothing I've said so far. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I do definitely like, I, I think that I, and maybe everybody like packages it away for their parents, you know, like I'm not, I'm definitely not lying to them. I'm not like, but I would package it in a way that is- makes sense to them. Yeah. And we, we love her family um, mm-hmm. and we still want them to be a big part of our lives. That gets really hard, you know, whenever yeah. you want to love and support and be have them be a a big part of your life but then also take you know exception to certain parts of it or Mm -hmm. um you know that those can be hard lines to draw sometimes you know I think we tend to choose love and family you know Mm -hmm. and maybe turn a blind eye to to things and that's something that I've been feeling a little guilty about lately probably mm, more lately you know because there is a time and there's there's still room for growth and everybody I think you know yeah I think that's being an adult child of aging parents like there's a certain level of how much of what I'm going to say is going to do anything (laughs) to your thoughts and beliefs and how much of that do is really is beneficial for me to say I think we still live our lives in a way that supports what we believe and think um whether that transpires into like a confrontational conversation about something it maybe doesn't but if it did lately what I've been I think kind of like Nate what you mentioned earlier about if if you're committed committed to this um, group of people that believe this faith and it does good for you I'm I'm fine if you want to be a member of that as long as you're not doing other people harm which can happen you know you've seen religion be used for all kinds of evil you know in the past um there's something about the 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 kind of basic message of religion that is kind of or christianity i guess that just seems like a missed message and and like the the message that we're all born evil and you are in need of forgiveness and being purified or whatever that is a message that doesn't seem to hit home with a lot of people right now and i think it's a message that is deaf to uh what our culture needs i think um which we're going through hopefully like periods of reckoning in our culture through wrongs that have of different types you know and and i think right now we're finding a lot of healing by not saying you're evil you're wrong but saying there's beauty in you no matter what your sexual orientation no matter what gender or race you have like there's beauty and and the more that we can express that internal beauty that you have maybe the more healthy of 
a culture and healthy of a world that we can live in. And there's that part of the message of religion that really doesn't settle well with me. And then the other part mm-hmm. that just seems kind of odd is, is religion even committed to seeing a better world? Or is this just all fleeting time that we have to endure in order to get to an eternal eternal paradise, you know, and those two messages don't seem to like really. I can't quite reckon those, you know. To me, like the last conversation I had with the pastor was kind of this, and it was like I don't really see how. For me, religion wasn't doing a lot of good in the world because it's not. That's I don't see where healing can come from without being honest about hurts and wrongs that you've made or caused or that have been caused by just saying it's an evil world and we're evil people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, there needs to be more honest conversation about those things. That's what I think internally, at least that's the way I try to approach any wrongs that I've caused in my life or healing that needs to be done in my life. You got me thinking cliff. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> you know, after I came out, I could start having these kinds of conversations with these two that I wasn't really able to, at least not when we're on the same side, <laughs> you know, I remember you being like, yes, this is, this is what I've been talking about for all these years. You know? There and- are a lot of things that you say that I'm like, I've been trying to tell you. And it's not like about your personal, yeah, but right. like just about. So I think that probably, I, I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to oversell this because I, but where maybe you guys weren't thinking about it. I mean, you were able to put it on the back burner for a while because you're busy running a business and, mm-hmm. and working and raising kids. And then I, I I come out and I start challenging these things and it starts these adult conver- conversations and maybe some of it was put back on the front burner for you guys to, I don't, I don't know. Absolutely. That my, my thought was like, this feels natural. Like, this is what, it, it didn't feel like, oh, you want us to be on this and talk about what? <laughs> We're like, oh, we've been having these conversations like in our home. Like we've been, we've been dealing with this, you know, alongside each other. And now we can, you know, these two, these two get in good fights. We've been fighting since we knew each other. I bet. It doesn't matter what the conversation is. Even like very recently we're saying things and I'm like, Cliff, we're saying the same thing. But they're fighting over it. I'm like, no, but it's the same. We're just saying it a little different. And he's like, that's not. If anything, we, of, were, we were saying the same thing and you weren't catching oh, up. Let's, let's get them going here. Let's get them going here. Yeah, yeah. Just give it a few years. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and cut this off now <laughs> uh, before it goes any further. So I, I think I, I think I'm speaking on behalf of Cliff and Megan here when I say that we really appreciate you both coming, making the time for this and talking to us. It's great to hear about your individual journeys. And it's great to hear how as a couple and as, as a married couple, you went through this together, went through, are still going through, you know, it's, I think it's a continuing, our, our faith and our view, they constantly evolving. And it, it's cool to hear about your journey and cool to hear about how you have both evolved. So, so thank you for the time. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That tickles. <laughs> that was perfect cliff well, so we're back now in the present thank you for listening to that and I, I know we said it on there but we really appreciate sean and julie sharing with us yeah and they did it in a way it was just very natural for them to kind of go back and forth and yeah they were they were a fun couple to talk to that was fun if any of you are in the mood um for a nice uh, for nice craft beer uh, sean is the co-owner 
um, and founder of Division Brewing, um, a brewery in um, downtown Arlington. It's really good. It's called Division Brewing, but it's not on Division Street, but it's pretty close. Yeah, they they have uh, they have really good IPAs. They have uh, seasonally they'll have really good sours. Yes. So yeah, if you like full flavored beer, that's a, that's a good place. And it makes me sad I'm not in DFW anymore. Yeah, that was probably the last place we were all three together. Yep. <laughs> yep, it was. So I'm seeing a live episode in our future from Division Brewing. <laughs> that would be I love awesome. It. I love it. Stay great. tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Nate, fly on down. All right. Okay? All right. On my way. All right. So, Nate, who do we have on the show next week? Yeah, next week we're going to be talking to, it's actually back-to-back married couples, uh, Daniel and Carly next week. Uh, so, what are Daniel and Carly's podcast pairings? Yeah, so Daniel and Carly's podcast pairings will be Bloody Marys. Uh, they said that's their go-to Sunday morning beverage um so daniel says extra spicy as many additives as possible uh and there's a couple really good mixes out there carly says the charleston mix is the best and daniel said you can always add some extra horseradish spice to the mix to the glass whatever so yeah that's it all right uh join us next week megan what are are all the podcaster places we need to throw out there that make us sound legitimate you can hear us on spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Most places you listen to your favorite podcasts, you can see us on Instagram, Facebook page, Twitter, the talk. <laughs> the talk. That's what I've been calling it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. We have a growing presence. So please spread the word, share, uh, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Tell everyone. Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> Go tell it on the mountain. All right, mountain. cue the cue the outro music. No, it can stop. We will see you all next week. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. I'll record okay. myself saying okay. that. Do we need to do that again? Did I shrewd it? You didn't shrewd it. No. Okay.